This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey, now. How are you, Kat? Hi, friends. Oh, I'm just, you know, I don't want to complain because I know like a couple months from now we're going to be freezing our tits off, but I am, it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's hot. I can't with the heat. I can't anymore. I'm done with it. It's oppressive. I feel bad for the dogs, especially the ones that need a haircut like mine. And he's got a hair appointment on Friday. And I'm thinking, for God's sake. And I made the appointment two months ago. I just couldn't get it any sooner because, well, being in the dog grooming industry seems to be an extremely lucrative place to be at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it ain't cheap. They're charging 10 times more for a dog's haircut than they charge for a person's haircut. And they're booked for months, the good ones. So I feel bad for Charlie in this heat. He's so shaggy. And I think I'm going to take him to doggy daycare. I'm actually going to pay 40 bucks today so that he can play inside in air conditioning and not have to go for a walk. That's nice. It is nice. He needs the exercise and stuff. And it's true. You don't want to like pass out in the heat. So I get it. Uh, While we're talking animals, let me mention this here for our amazing listeners that catch us on Energy 95.3 in Hamilton. Uh, Today, a bunch of Domino's locations in Hamilton and Burlington are doing a fundraiser for the Hamilton Burlington SPCA. Domino's is donating five bucks from every large one topping pizza sold to the S sold to the SPCA. Uh, you can get a full list of locations at energy 953 radio.ca. Remember you have to go directly to the website because social media still doesn't work. <laughs> Where are we at with it's, that? Oh, you know, Scott, I would love to know. It's, it's frustrating for us in media, not having really a say, like, I mean, we're not, we didn't control what happened or what's going to happen next. We, we have no control in it. But what I do know is one of the ways that we are able to communicate with our listeners is through social media. Um, Thank God we have the text number because for the Scott and Cat show, we've been able to communicate with people. No problem. And even our own personal Instagram accounts, guys, you can find us on there. I I set my profile to not be media just in case they decide to shut the personal media stuff down too. who knows. Uh, But we I can't even link to our our website. I can't link to I mean, again, the social platforms basically don't even exist at this point. So I can't link to that either. So it's really frustrating for everybody uh, in our circles, for sure. So if you feel frustrated or you're wondering, hey, where the heck did that go? I did follow them, I thought. Um, If you follow any of our radio stations or any media outlet at all, you're probably noticing it's not there. But Twitter's still a thing and TikTok is. It's just people are trying to find ways to kind of move around that and and post stories on those platforms, which are not the first go-to for a lot of media outlets, right? Yeah, totally. But I mean, it just goes to show the power of social media. And I think they're trying to prove a point of who needs who the most here. And I think social media is winning this one because yeah, media is not getting all those, those links and those clicks that they typically get from Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Although X is still working fine. You can still find news like on there yeah uh, I, i've seen a lot of people by the way trying to get around it by screenshotting news stories and i think that there's nothing wrong with that too like hey if it's important enough you think people should know then yeah screenshot the headline from global news and you know a brief synopsis if you have to but it sucks that the companies doing all the work aren't getting anything but for the important stories like when we talked about the wildfires and everything else happening that's shit people should all be able to have access to easily instead of having to type up a news 
page every time. Well, so that part's frustrating. So I see it a little differently. And this is just me, but I don't think... Me, my first instinct when I hear, oh, there's wildfires close by, I, I don't run to Facebook. I would probably go to like globalnews.ca or, or ctv.ca or even CBC if I'm feeling rowdy. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I wouldn't go there. Um, but anyway, I mean, I just go to the, the source if I want that information. I don't expect that it's just going to show up on my timeline because everything is so, uh, uh, what's the word for it? What is the word for it? Everything's an algorithm, right? So yeah. I don't even trust that when I see news, I'm getting the most current news. And you might not, for sure. That's when you do absolutely have to do your own due diligence. Uh, but it is where people find news stories. It is still where people find, especially young people, that's where they find news stories and that's where they share it is typically TikTok. I think right now what they're trying to do, this being the federal government, is they want to create kind of a model like uh, broadcasters do. So for those who don't know, every radio station, and I believe television station in the country as well, takes a portion of the revenue that they generate each year and it gets donated to the Canadian Content Development Fund. And if you're a new and upcoming artist or you're making a movie or something like that, you can apply to various different organizations that get funded by the media company's money and you can say, yep, I'm an artist and I want to make a music video and maybe Factor will give you some money that was collected from the broadcasters. And I think what they're trying to do is the same model with the social media companies. The problem is the numbers are, are crazy. So I heard 4% is what they want, meaning 4% of the total ad revenue the platforms would have to give to the traditional broadcasters. The problem is for Google, that works out to like a quarter of a billion dollars. For Facebook, it's like 60, 70 million dollars a year. And frankly, when they're operating just fine right now, I can't see them clamoring to say, okay, yeah, yeah let's bring back the news and pay 70 million dollars for it. I don't think it's going to happen under this current situation. I, I really think that this should be a private deal. And you know what? If if CBC or CTV or Global wants their links on Facebook, they should probably go to Facebook and try and work out a deal. Because I have a feeling that it's not going to go down the way it's being presented now. It's not like Global's going to walk in and say, we want our links back on there and, and we want you to pay us $50 million for it. It'll be more like, okay, we want our links on here. And Facebook will say, okay, we won't charge you for it. And everybody's just going to be happy. It's probably just going to go back to the way it was. The problem is, it's not that way right now. And you're right. There's a lot of shit falling through the cracks mm. that people just aren't realizing. Uh, I hope they work it out. Uh, as we record right now, it is still eight minutes before the Bank of Canada makes their interest rate announcement. So stand by and we'll probably have that for you right here on the podcast. But by now, if you already know, you already know. <laughs> I'm... Uh, I don't think they're going to raise it. I'd love for them to lower it. Yeah, not a lot of people believe that they will raise it. I don't think people believe they will lower it, but do we consider it a win if it just stays as is? I mean, I, it's still sucky, but... I don't. I mean, yeah, people have a right to be angry about what happened because we were told rates will be low for the foreseeable future. And then they raised them 10 times in 18 months, even at times when they said we should be able to stop raising rates. They raised them again. I remember last Christmas. Oh, this, that rate increase in December. This should be the last one. It's the end of the cycle, is what Tiff Macklem said. And then he raised them in January. Mm -hmm. And then again after that. So, I mean, what's happening right now, I just don't see as sustainable. And the ripple effect that it's having is crazy. We know our economy contracted a lot in July. And, and if it happens again in August, then we are in definitely a recession. And there won't be any way to deny that. And recession is usually permission for most big companies to start firing people, laying them off. Hey, we're in a recession. Got to let you go. Sorry. 
And there's going to be job losses. The Bank of Canada isn't opposed to that. They say all they can do is get inflation under control. But now they've done it so much that this effort to try and bring inflation down maybe worked, maybe it didn't, maybe inflation was going to come down on some of those things anyway. But on the things that we want and need, prices to be affordable on, gas and groceries, it hasn't had any effect at all. Groceries are still just as expensive as they were. And now the biggest contributor to inflation is housing costs. That's part of it. And they've raised the rates of people's rent and their mortgages so much that inflation, if it's high, and the bank says we need to raise rates because inflation is still high, they're raising rates and creating more inflation at the same time because they're the number one contributor to it. So hopefully some common sense will prevail. I know it's not a hugely popular opinion in some circles, but I applaud the NDP premier in BC, David Eby, I think it is, uh, the conservative premier in Ontario, Doug Ford, and there was a liberal premier too, I believe it was in Nova Scotia, who have all written to the Bank of Canada. And apparently this is very poor form. Oh, it's not. It's an apolitical thing. Politicians should stay out of it. That's nonsense. Politicians how, should though? be involved in it. Yeah, I don't understand how they how it's a non-political thing when you're talking about answering to your people, right? That's what the... Pu- you're supposed to be the voice of people. And right now, people are screaming that they're in trouble. That is part of your job, to try to help them. So I believe they absolutely have every right to do that. I think you're absolutely right. Good on those premiers who took the time to write a letter to the Bank of Canada. I'd love to see the federal finance minister do it or the prime minister himself. Somebody's got to grab these pricks at the Bank of Canada, Tiff Macklem there, and smack him upside the head and say, listen, you fuck, you're really making life complete. You're devastating the middle class in this country. You've got to stop. Although I did hear uh, one more thing on interest rates. I heard an interesting theory the other day. Canada's at a position right now where we really cannot raise rates anymore. If we raise them again, it will be catastrophic. We already know, even though it's not on the news every day, there's a lot of foreclosures happening. Go into a bank, talk to a teller, tell them you want to know how many or, or what it's like for people that are coming into the banks. What are they, they complaining about? And they'll tell you some sad, sad Sad stories stories, about people losing their homes, having to walk away from something that they spent a lifetime saving for in building. It's really horrible. Yeah. Mortgage brokers and real estate agents are the other ones, too, that you could speak to because they've seen a lot coming in their way, too. Absolutely. And, And you know what? I mean, you'll get the real story from them. We can't afford to raise rates again. And if they do raise them again, I think we're screwed. Even if they keep them at this level for much longer, I think we're going to be screwed too. But the problem here being is that while we're going into a recession, the U.S. economy, they say, is still doing quite well. So they're going to keep raising rates in America. And if the U.S. is raising their rates and Canada's stagnant or lowering rates, what it's going to do is devastate the Canadian dollar. And once the dollar drops, great if you happen to have American money or you happen to make American money, but it is horrible for importing goods, horrible if you're going on vacation, horrible if, oh, fuck, you've got kids going to school in the States. It's just going to be devastating how low the Canadian dollar could go if U.S. interest rates continue to rise, but we don't keep up with them. And one more thing on this, and we, we've been on this from the beginning, and we'll, we'll stay on it, of course, because it's important to a lot of people. But if you haven't seen it yet, I do urge you to go look up. If you have TikTok, great, but you can find it elsewhere if you don't. There's a lot of TikTokers going viral right now for talking about the silent depression, um, worse than the Great Depression. And they can basically compare between the depression in the 30s to now with inflation counted and everything else. And we are 
absolutely going through shit right now. They're mm-hmm. trying to mask it, paint it to be something better than it is. But when you look at the hard numbers, it's really bad right now. But look it up. Silent Depression 2023. You'll find the videos. Forbes Forbes even did a story on it. Yeah, because yeah. we're absolutely there. I yeah. maintain we've been there for a year and they were just put, uh, pulling out specific numbers that they liked that would say that the economy is doing well to keep raising rates because they wanted them at at least 5%. Truthfully, I think they want them at 5.5%. And of course, we all know what that would do to affordability in this country if it did get that high. However, uh, the amount of people struggling is horrible. What they're doing, I think, is reckless. If they don't start lowering these rates soon, I think there's going to be a big problem. They've really got to get it under control. And we've got to stop demonizing anybody who wants to try and be part of the solution. The rates can't go any higher. The premiers know that. No one in the federal government will acknowledge it. They say it has to be apolitical. Uh, politicians got to stay out of it. No, they don't. The Bank of Canada governor, Tiff Macklem, all the governors, they weren't elected. They were appointed by the federal government. There's no reason that the federal government shouldn't be able to come in and say, hey, as our central bank here, stop it. Knock it off. Leave these people alone. You've done enough damage. And I really hope that they do the right thing. Um, Actually, you know what? While we're here and talking kind of on this line, the trial for Tamara Leach and Chris Barber Mm. continues in Ottawa. Today's day two of what they figure will be about a 16-day trial for the organizers of the Freedom Convoy. I cannot believe that a trial for mischief and obstructing police is going to take 16 days. Is it? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you can think whatever you want to think about the Freedom Convoy. And you'll note that I did not say what all the other mainstream media outlets are saying, so-called Freedom Convoy. It was the Freedom Convoy. You didn't have to like it, but that's what it was called. It was a big enough movement that a national emergency declaration was made because of it. You don't need to say so-called Freedom Convoy. So they had it. They did it. We all saw what was happening. You can go back and listen to our podcast from when that was happening because it's really weird to go back and listen to it in real time. But with the the context of history, really, really interesting to go back and listen to those pods. So if you feel like it, go back to the archives and check it out. We know what happened. There was an emergency declaration. Eventually, police went in. They took down the, the convoy and everybody went home. And the organizers are now going to trial after they spent an incredible amount of time in jail. And it's amazing because even though there was an emergency declaration, military was on standby, half the cops in the country were on their way to Ottawa to disperse this thing. At the end of the day, the charges are very, very simple. Mischief is one of the most basic charges that you can lay criminally. Obstruction of police? This is usually not a 16-day trial. They're making a big deal out of this thing, and I'm not sure exactly what they expect the outcome is going to be here. I'm not Half, sure either. The country's going to be divided, no matter what the outcome. If, if Tamara Leach and Chris Barber here are found guilty, A, they've already served way more jail time than they probably would have in any other circumstance, so I don't think they're going to go to jail again. If they're found innocent, we left those people in jail for a long time over a mischief charge. Like, it seems like the whole system needs a re-examine here on this one. There's people who committed gun crimes who got bailed the same day. Oh, well, I mean, don't even get me started on the amount of fuckery that we have in our law system. Uh, by the way, yes, it's official. Bank of Canada holding its key interest rate at 5%. It's official. Okay, good. Unchanged. I mean, I'm not even going to say good job because they really didn't have any other option other than destroy the middle class. If they'd raised it, that's exactly what would have happened, and they, they still might destroy the middle class. 
Another interest rate announcement is now a month away. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Let's move on to some other things here. We had a great topic on our show today. It's a couple. They're from LA. And they say that rules are the best way to make their relationship work. They? Like as a couple, they both agree? Well, they've both agreed to these rules. Okay. And and you can, when you hear these rules, you may think what many astute texters to our radio shows today have said Sounds like she wrote those rules and he well, just went along. That's what I'm wondering with the they thing. Was did she present it or did he this is a a man and a woman. Did he she present them? I to TikTok? Is this a TikTok thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to think that they collaborated on some rules and they put it down on paper. And and I, I think it's there's some rules in a relationship even if they're unspoken. No, you can't have sex with other people. Okay, that's that's a rule. And maybe you don't have to write down, you won't have sex with other people, but it's generally understood as a rule. When you put it on paper, I feel like we've made it very official, Kat. I, I, it's, it, it's giving me ick. This is giving me ick. But let's listen. I want to be fair here. So before I give my opinion, why don't we read through their rules? Ten and- rules for a happy relationship. Number one, both always have their phone location turned on. Ooh, that's an interesting one, isn't it, people? I, uh... Is it necessary? My location is on. My girlfriend's is on. I have never, ever once thought, hmm, I better log in and see where they are. Do so you have to log into their account? Like, I don't even know how that works. Like, that's how much I'm so out of it. You have I, to, like, log into their account to find out where they are? Is this one of those, like, find my phone things? Or is this, like, I share my location with you always? Share location. Or you could do a find my. Or it could even be Snapchat, for example. We'll tell your location in a lot of cases. Either way. You have wh- to allow, yeah. Whatever system they use. All right. Location is always turned on. No strip clubs. Okay. Girls trips or boys trips. Okay, no problem. No liking thirst trap photos on Instagram. (laughs) All right. Uh. Don't follow Instagram models of the opposite sex. Is that just truly Instagram models or would that be like your your Kylie Jenners and your Rihanna's and stuff like that that have like clothing lines that they promote and sometimes come out like wearing like nothing? I don't know. Both can have friends of the opposite sex but no best friends of the opposite sex. You can go to nightclubs. That's okay. Both need to know each other's phone passwords. No porn. No watching porn. And they will not get married until they're both financially free. Those are the 10 rules that they've put in place for their relationship. 
What's the red flag here? Okay, well, first and foremost, this is a young couple. These are young people. Yeah, old people typically this don't flag thirst traps. No, this is a new relationship. Like, I smell uh, this is my first potentially serious relationship. I'm not sensing a lot of, we've been in this one for a while. You know what I mean? This is a new, this this smells like fresh new shit right here. That's what mm-hmm. this smells like to me. Uh, a little immature as well, if I'm being quite honest with you. Immature. It's an immature list. Interesting. For the most part. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's important to know so- stuff about your partner, but don't you just know? That's just coming from my perspective, though. I've never once had to, even when I started dating my husband at 19, been like, you're allowed to do this, but you can't do that. I'll do this, but I can't do that. Like, it's never, there's, that's never been a thing. You just communicate mm-hmm. and be honest. And I think that covers all your bases. Sometimes, though, communication is harder than it sounds. Sometimes there's some topics that are, you know, it needs to be discussed, but you really don't want to do it or things that are just an awkward situation to get into. In an ideal world, we could talk to our partner about absolutely anything at any time. But it is hard to communicate sometimes, especially for things that are very close to you or to your relationship. I don't know about communication necessarily trumping the rules. You've got 10 rules here, you follow these, and we've got no problem. I would think that that just takes all the ambiguity out of it, doesn't it? I can be nitpicky about those rules, though. I mean, I understand if couples want to follow a set of rules, fine. And let's say they were 10 years older than that. The rules would probably look a little bit different. Maybe it would have some rules about guys' nights, girls' nights, who you can be friends with or not, to each their own. That's It's just very ick to me to have, like, a set of rules. Like, you know my rule. Why were you looking at her on Instagram? Like, if you have to set those rules, to me, it just lacks a lot of trust. It just lacks a lot of trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, texts coming in on this include, these are for couples who don't trust each other. Okay, we'll try to, we'll try to get a vary, some varying points here. Um, if you have a healthy relationship, rules aren't needed. There will be mutual love, understanding, and respect for one another. Rules scream insecurity. Do they, though? Because there's rules, whether you want to call them rules or not. There is rules. There's always rules. Everything's got rules. We have rules all around us now. They're just called laws, and we all have to follow them. And when we all follow them, everything works out. We all get along great. Yeah, again, it's a conversation, though, over rules. Rules is such a different thing. Rules is such a strict, I have to do it. It doesn't sound like it's a choice for you. It doesn't sound like being in that relationship is a choice that you choose every day. You just have to make sure you live within the rules. Again, this... I say all this because this this particular set of rules is also like a weird, icky one to me. It sounds like these people have trust issues, or one of them does at least. Uh, my wife and I have been together for 15 years. The only written rule was no cell phones when it's time to be together, no cell phones when the family's together with the kids. Okay. I like that rule. How, how, how do you stick to that rule, though? I'm wondering, because I'd love to have that rule too, but the practicality says it just won't work. I need to have my phone around me for whatever Reason. Do you though? I, I think like, I do. You can't put it away for like an hour to spend quality time without looking at your phone. Oh, and I do all the time because I've got my watch. But I um... see no, 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 <laughs> no watch, no phone. I uh... no check in any of that shit. Who? What does it matter? I love putting my phone away. It's one of my favorite parts of vacation. Is just putting it away. Okay, but the subtle difference though between you and I is you got your peeps right there. Your kids are there. They're under your roof. You know they're fine. Me, I've got one kid on the other end of the country and another kid in another country. Okay, so it's specifically for your kids that you'll 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 want to keep it close by at least. I think or that check it now and again. If if I get that call in the middle well, of the night, different. Dad, I'm on the side of the highway in Nanaimo and there's an avalanche and I need uh, yeah. 
then I will not. That's I don't want to say, though. oh, that's sorry, different. honey, I was watching a movie. No, no, no. And, and that's and that's different. I mean, you can have it, even a ring, like a certain ring that's your kids or something. I think that I understand, like have that for emergency reasons. But don't, what do you need it for scrolling through shit for? Or get an email from someone or a text from a buddy. Like that's the kind of shit that at least I understand those rules that people put in place for that. Let's put this down just to have some quality time, especially if you don't get that quality time. I guess it's one thing if you're around them constantly 24-7. You don't, maybe you don't need those rules or don't feel like you need to. Or you run a business and you just have to. There's lots of like ands, ifs, or buts scenarios. I get that. But for the most part, we should all be able to put our phones away and spend quality time with our loved ones, I'll throw out there, but especially our partner. Absolutely. One thing I would add to that, though, is in my house, because my girlfriend has such a demanding job during the day, she doesn't really have time to screw around on her phone. So she's actually said to me at times, you know what? I just want to lay on the couch and scroll. Yeah. And if that's her way to yeah. disconnect and unwind and zone out, I got no problem with that. But to your point, we do communicate about that. Like, yes. you know what? Let's have a scroll time. But that's I, I just want to check my phone. And that's all it is, is that communication. You don't need to have a written rule about anything. In my opinion, you don't need to have a written rule about anything. It's more so... You know what? I know we said we were going to watch a movie together. I feel like watching my dirty fucking trash reality TV. I've been there before where I'm just like, I don't want to put my mind into the show that we were watching together. Can I just watch my shitty reality show for tonight? And I got to go to bed. I just want to go to bed early. Okay. That's a conversation. That's it. That's it. That's all. You said you don't need rules. What about this rule here? Number two on their list. No strip clubs. I mean, you should know that about your partner for sure, if that, that makes them uncomfortable or not. Or does it make you uncomfortable? I mean, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have your boundaries in your relationship, right? You should know pretty early on whether or not that person is okay with you liking photos, commenting on photos, watching porn, going to strip clubs, and all those things in between. I think we should all know that about our partner early enough on. That's where your communication thing could come in handy. Hey, listen. Now that we're in this new relationship that we seem to be in here, let's talk about a couple of things. How do you feel about strip clubs? You don't like them? Okay, you know what? I don't need to go to them. How do you feel about me watching porn? You love it? Great, I love it too. Let's watch porn. All that sort of stuff. You can work all that out, but it's it's kind of an awkward conversation to have, especially when you're in a fairly new relationship. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just punched the monitor here for some reason. <laughs> I hope that still works. I didn't mean to hit it that hard. Uh... Okay, I just want to make sure that I get all the good ones here. Oh, there's one with a rule. Uh, old rule, but a wise rule. We've been together seven years. It seems to work. Location stays on, but it's for safety. Um, also because of my work situation. And also the second rule is we don't go to bed angry. I, a lot. I love that, that rule. This, this it's is, just hard to do. Let's just go back. Let's just go back in time a little bit. Hasn't there always been those building blocks to a healthy relationship? That this is, I understand it was before Instagram and I don't know, maybe even before strip clubs, even though I'm sure strip clubs were a thing back in the day too. Um, Like, I mean, way back. But for me, it's like there's a foundation of trust. You just build, you just have trust. Trust. Not going to bed angry is a great one. Some people have that rule built in for sure. Communication is key. If you have all those things, doesn't it cover the basis for all the other shit? Sure. That's an interesting point that you just made, though. You've got the trust, right? Because that partner is your person, and and that's great. What if that partner, though, has broken the trust at some point? What if that's what that screams to me. And that's what I'm thinking this list is probably about. I'm thinking, I don't like that they went to a strip club, and now it's going to be a rule. No more strip clubs. Yeah. Or porn or whatever it was that they happened to catch. That's right. The the thirst trap photos on, on Instagram... 
that's kind of a weird one because, I don't know, I mean, we all have friends that have posted something that's probably a thirst trap, but you like your friend's posts. That's just what a friend does. So, I don't know, is that a bad thing? I don't know, but hang on. Hold on. Go back to what you just said. Mm-hmm. It's a friend's post. Yes. That's a thirst trap. Yeah. You'll like it anyway just because you have to? I'm no, you fucking don't. Do you know how many posts I don't need to like in a day? Most of them. I can look at them and glance at them and pass by. You don't have to like anything. I am a, a fan of our friend Sean Desmond. And when he posts those topless Thirst photos, tra- <laughs> I will like those photos because I like Sean. And because if I get like it, maybe it'll bump it up in somebody else's algorithm and get him an extra spin. Okay. So those are okay. I'm more talking toward, you know exactly what I mean. Like a chick with her face down, ass up. You like that. What is your partner going to say? You should know the answer to that is all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying it's not okay. Okay. All I'm saying is you should know what it might bring about if your partner finds out about it. Okay. And, and one thing I'll add to that too is think about perception because maybe your partner is okay with you liking all of those half-naked Britney Spears photos that are all over Instagram and the videos of her dancing around with her tits jiggling and everything. I've seen Britney's tits more than I've seen my own in the last few weeks. It's crazy, right? (laughs) So maybe your partner's like, whatever, if you want to like it, like it. Other people see you like that too. Yeah. And you don't want your name to be at the top of Scott Fox and others liked Britney Spears jiggling her tits on Instagram. That's an important part too that I don't know if people realize, right? Other people can see that. Yeah. And, And that's something that I think... More people, if they realized, might take into account, uh, it might not be good for my partner's image or my partner's perception if I'm on here liking every fucking tits and ass video on right. Instagram. Yeah. E- either way, guys, if you want to weigh in on this, feel free to DM us or just send us a text through our uh, our text line, one 985 show or 915-7469 is the number. And and let us know, because maybe you have a different perspective on that. Everyone will. That's my favorite part about topics like that, is everyone will have a different perspective, for sure. And they'll have a different idea of what makes sense or doesn't make sense in their own relationship. And that's fair. Uh, the one rule, I think that most of these are not all that practical to day-to-day life, but the number 10 one actually is, they will not get married until they're both financially free. And maybe that's a realistic goal for you and your partner. Maybe it's not realistic. Some people have These just got days. crazy debt, oh. student debt, yeah. whatever it is. Sometimes that's not possible. But it seems like that was a thoughtful approach. I don't think there's any problem with having some simple, thoughtful, yes, I'll say it, rules. For me, I have a very simple thing that I abide by. In my house, I think to myself, every time I don't want to do something, there's a sink full of dishes or a sink full of dishes that need to be put away, a basket of, of towels and, and shit that needs to be folded in the laundry room. If I don't do it, that means they have to. So if you want to make it a rule that you'll do whatever needs to be done because you'd rather do it than your partner have to do it, I think that's a rule with the best of intentions behind it. You're doing it to make their life easier. And if you both have that rule, if you both abide by that rule and the work truly is equal, then I don't think anybody has a problem. I think that's a practical thing. Yeah. Equal is key, right? Absolutely. Equal is key. Well, equal to whatever degree of equal is. Is Exactly. That's the thing is it's not 50-50 though. No. I don't mean 50-50 when I say equal. I say you pull your weight in the ways that make sense for you and your partner pulls the weight in the way that makes sense for them. It doesn't mean you give 50% of finances and 50% of this. That's not it. But you pull your weight in your own ways. Last but certainly not least, and we're out of time, so we'll go quick on this. You're on the highway and you see a car. And the car's got a sign on it. 
baby on board. Oh, yeah. We're familiar with these signs, right, guys? Do you drive any carefuler? Or any carefuler? Is carefuler a word? Caref- I don't think so. Do you any drive any more, more careful? Carefully? More carefully? For, for carefully? Oh, Is it carefully you. or more careful? It's not very more often carefully? you correct my grammar. <laughs> Holy shit. Atta <laughs> <laughs> <Atta> girl. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to... Th- that's a good question because I'm... I don't think so, but I'm not a bad driver. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I was like, oh, I'm fucking flying fast down dead man's curve. Oh, wait, a baby on board. I'll stop. <laughs> like, that's not what I do anyway. Um, but I'll take note of it, I guess, in the back of my mind. It's not something I thought about until you brought it up, to be honest. This is uh, a pretty comprehensive survey. 30,000 people took it on the baby on board decals, and it's Kind of encouraging that I can say almost half say when they see a sign that says baby on board, they're at least somewhat more careful and attentive Mm. around that vehicle. Interesting. I've always thought that the baby on board thing was a very practical thing. Yes, it's good to know, okay, they've got a young child in the car. Or uh, if there's ever a, a horrific accident and the driver's not able to communicate with emergency services. Maybe emergency services sees the sign. They don't necessarily see a kid. They know, oh shit, we got to go looking because there was a kid in this car, that sort of thing. I think it's practical for a lot of reasons. I just hate that it's always on. If there was like an electronic baby on board, i.e. when the car seat's in the car, the license plate lights up yellow or a light comes on on the back so that you know there's actually currently a baby on board, that I think would make a big difference. But the reason they asked all these people is not really to find out if people drive better when they're around a car that says baby on board. It's a proposal that new drivers should have a decal on their car to indicate to everyone else, new driver in front of you. Would that make you drive any more cautious knowing that the person in front of you is still learning? Which we were all in that position at one point. We were all in that position. You're absolutely right. Would it make me drive any differently? I don't think so. But again, I go back to I'm not like a dangerous driver by any means. But can I just say I feel like I can figure that out anyway? I think I can figure out new drivers or drivers that are just shitty. I mean, we can all just figure out. What's going on behind the wheel, even by driving behind someone? Like they seem like a cautious driver. They're driving the speed limit. They're a little swervy, a little distracted. What a shitty driver. You know, like you're able to figure it out real quick. Right, right. Um, Yeah, I mean, in most cases, sure. uh, In BC, I learned that they do have this. Really? It's a learner. So when you have your learners, you have to put an L on the back of your vehicle to let people know that you're a learner. And I'd be curious to see the stats in comparison with other provinces and if that even makes a difference and what it would make a difference on. Does it make a difference on accidents? That would be interesting to know because maybe we do need that in place. But I will say that when you're learning to drive in those vehicles, driver, student, oh, yeah. I avoid you like the plague. Get me the fuck out I here. just move away. As, you know, I try not to distract because I want, I want them to learn. But we all know it's the 10 and 2. No, they don't even do 10 and 2 anymore. I think we're they? back to 9 and 3 9 now. and 3. So you're doing 9 and 3. Looking at all your mirrors. You're constantly ch- That's great. Do it. Learn it. Fabulous. I was one of those people too. But I'm going to get around you as safely as possible. What do you think it's needed more for? New drivers or elderly drivers? Like say 80 plus. Oh, yeah. Senior on board. Hey, you don't have to watch the news very much to see the amount of cars, people that mistook the gas for the brake, and they drove their fucking car right into a, an LCBO or a Tim's. Would we be nicer 
if we knew it was an elderly person? I would. But, I'd probably be they, a little easier on the horn and a little less uh, willing to flip But the it bird. doesn't stop the fact that there's some of them are still shouldn't be fucking driving. Oh, I agree with you. Like, it doesn't... Like uh, Okay, so if I knew... I could probably tell from behind, because especially if it's like an older Buick, model Buick that still looks pristine for some reason, it's probably an old person because they're driving a little erratically. And it spends six months a year in Florida. Yeah, right? <laughs> you just know. It, it shouldn't give you a pass to be a shit driver. Your age shouldn't give you a pass. But we've talked about this subject before, and that's maybe a subject for another day, but you should have been tested. Someone you love should have tried to take your car keys away. Easier said than done, by the way. Don't at me because I've been in that scenario before where it's like, we should probably take their keys. It's probably take them. Right? Uh-huh. I haven't had to personally do it, but I, I loved ones. Yes, I've seen the whole thing go down. It's not a pretty sight. There's a lot of emotions. But when it comes to potential collisions, deaths, LCBO stores, everyone's a target, mm-hmm. a good potential target, right? It's a scary situation. But that said, I don't think it would stop me if it said elderly on board. I wouldn't hawk my horn and flail at them. Not that I do that now, but I would like them to know, like you, you're the one that put that sign on your car and you're the one that just cut me off or cut this person off or is driving 20 in a 60. Maybe it's time that you reevaluate and look at that sticker and think, do I need to still be driving? Should I get tested? Is it my eyesight? What is it? See, and you know what's so frustrating is this is a really reasonable conversation to have. We all know, cognitively, physically, yeah. you decline as you get older. Are you any less safe behind the roads? This is something that we should probably, once you reach whatever age or whatever benchmark, you should probably be retested. Mm-hmm. And even though we can all admit that, yes, you do decline as you get older, there probably is a need to retest you. Do you think any of our politicians are going to stand up and say, Folks, we're going to start testing all drivers again once they turn 80. They got to prove that they've still got the skills to be behind the wheel. And 80 is even extreme. Like I would say started at 75, 70, 70, 70, 70, just to be safe. I'm just saying it's a test. There's some real old 70 year olds and some real young 70 year olds. Exactly. But either way, I mean, I think this is one of those things where it should be done. Mm -hmm. But because old people are reliable voters, nobody has got the balls to do it. It's safety. And still no one will do it because they don't want to lose votes. And that is a problem. Have a great day, friends. We will see you tomorrow. Again, no interest rate hike, but no interest rate cut. Good news and bad news. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.